All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Santander File. This episode is brought to you by BetUS.com, a.k.a. America's Sportsbook. There's going to be a link in the episode description. Uh, go check it out. Deposit $50 on their website. Again, bet safely. But I'm alongside Tanner Fowl. Tanner, how are you doing? Great to be here with you. Uh, happy to be here. The NFL is officially back. All 32 teams in training camp. We're talking both of our teams today. I'm excited. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm hyped. Training camp officially kicking off. Getting closer and closer to that official kickoff date. Well, I think I think it's the Bills and the Rams, the first game of the season, right? So we're all looking forward to that. Starting the show, uh, we'll continue on with our segment of NFL divisions over under. Uh, last week we did Tanner's division. This week it's only right if we do mine. We're going to look at the NFC East, the Cowboys, the Commanders. I guess still got to get got to get used to saying that. Uh, the Eagles and the Giants. Uh, we'll break down. All those teams' upcoming seasons, the total, although the win total for all those teams, some stuff to look out for. Uh, all that and more coming in the first half of the show. Then Tanner, second half, your team made what could be a pretty a pretty big signing. It could be, you know, yeah. The Bucks signed Julio Jones today on Tuesday. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, yesterday, yeah, uh, multiple time Pro Bowl All Pro receiver. Had some injury issues going to the Bucks. Could be a big move. Could be a nothing move. Me and Casey will talk about it, see what we think. And then after that, we're going to wrap up the show talking Kevin Durant, who always seems to be the center of attention in the What NBA. do you know? He was at the center of some trade rumors this week going to the Boston Celtics. And me and Casey are going to talk about what we would think of a move like that. Yeah, it's crazy. He could be going to the team that beat him in this year's playoffs, Eastern Conference Again. champions. He went to the Western Conference champions when he joined the Golden State Warriors. He could be going to the Eastern Conference champs. We'll break that down in the second half of the show. Stick around for the whole thing. Uh, but Tanner, let's get to it. The NFC East. People say the NFC least, but I'm not taking any of that garbage today. That This is a a much improved division. They had two playoff teams in their division last year. I'm not taking NFC least as the worst division in football anymore. Okay. I'm, no, I'm, it's it's nowhere near the worst division anymore. No, not it used to be. Okay. It did. It definitely was like two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Not anymore, though. It has overcome that and now it is, you know, a very average, if not uh, you know, better than average division. But we're looking at the Cowboys, the Commanders, the Eagles, the Giants. And we will start with my guys. I got the T-shirt on right here. We're going to go with Dallas to start things off today. They went 12-5 and five last year. Okay, 12-5 and five last year. But let me know if you, what you think about this. They got worse. They, they got did. worse. They lost Amari Cooper, Randy Gregory, Cedric Wilson, and then some. And that that hurts, man. Like this team is not as good, but they do have the easiest schedule in the NFL, so that's a plus. Yeah, I don't think I agree with that, but all right, all right, I, I definitely—that's what the numbers think. say. I know what the numbers say, but the eye test when you're going through that schedule, ah, uh, you know they they still definitely play some tough teams. Tampa, so does the everybody. Bengals, the Rams, the Packers, the Titans, the Colts. They, you know, the Eagles. Have, 
it's it's no walk in the park, but uh, it's doable. And this, th- with this schedule, with the team you have, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves here, but this team should be a playoff team. You know, they should be yeah. a playoff team going into it, at least going into the season. And despite losing Amari Cooper, Randy Gregory, and Cedric Wilson, and then some, you know, you have a young team. You get guys like CeeDee Lamb. Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, who should continue to take that next step, continue to develop their game and be even better than, than what they were last year. Um, so that's a plus. You know, they have a lot of young players who should continue to get better. Dak is healthy. Dan Quinn is back. Um, so you, you could look at all the negatives and all the stuff that all the people they lost. But at the end, end of the day, young team, they should continue to improve. Dak is healthy. Dan Quinn is back. How are you on Dallas coming in right now? Uh, I feel like I'm pretty high on this Cowboys team. Yes, they lost to Mark Cooper. Yes, they lost Cedric Wilson. Yes, they lost two starting offensive linemen. But this was the number one offense in the NFL last year in both points and yards. They had no shortage of offense last season. If any team could afford to lose something like that on offense, it was the Cowboys. The offense is yeah. not what I'm worried about. I know you're missing weapons, but I They're think... They're still going to score points. Yeah, yeah. They still have good players. C.D. Lamb is poised to take that next step as an elite receiver. You have... Michael Gallup uh, has got to stay healthy. That's, that's yeah. like a yeah, if Yeah, Michael Gallup can play a, a whole season. He's a... He's a Just paid him. perfectly fine receiver. You have Dalton Schultz, who you put the franchise tag on. He's a He was a top tight end last season. Let's see if he can replicate a season like that this year with a little more attention on him. He, yeah. I'm not worried about – and then you got Tony Pollard. You got Ezekiel Elliott. You got Dak Prescott. Those are all good players. I feel like this Cowboys offense is not what I'm worried about. It's the defense. It's the secondary. And that secondary, it was young last year. They're going to be together for another year. Trayvon Diggs, I think, will take another step as a corner. He already has those ball hawk hawk skills. He did let up a lot of yards. Like, that's no secret. A lot of those numbers are a little inflated. But he has to get better for this Cowboys team to succeed, but I think he'll do that. He's proven that he can block people up. He can take the ball away. He just has to do that consistently. I think this Cowboys team is going to be good. The and line who knows is, how high, not to cut you off, how high Micah Parsons' ceiling is. Like, oh, who knows how yeah. high that guy's ceiling is? Like, yeah, Micah Parsons could very well be defensive player of the year this year. He almost won it last year. He's top he three finished, last he year. He finished third. Yeah, he finished third or he was probably third for defensive player of the year last year and he was a rookie he's just another step another uh year in this system and dan quinn's system that kind of proved that he can be elite he can rush the passer he can play off ball linebacker he's versatile he's he i don't know how he's not the favorite to win defensive player of the no year. he's my pick right now you know obviously you throw in tj watt because of what he can do in such a limited amount of time he's on the field the guys still putting up insane numbers so you know with guys like that sure you know there's there's a bunch of guys in the running for it but micah parsons is probably at the top of my list and uh 
Hopefully he and Trayvon can lead that defense. I said Demarcus Lawrence defensively, who said, hey, I'm tired of having a rookie or a guy younger than me leading the team in sacks and leading the team in defensive statistics. Um, so I think we're going to see Demarcus Lawrence try to get back on that level he was a few years ago. Uh, hasn't been the most consistent player as of recently. So hopefully he can get back. Uh, you know, game by game, you're, you're having a consistent presence from him. Uh, and you know, like I said, looking at their schedule, Tampa, Bengals, Rams, Packers, Titans, Colts, all those teams are better, if not just as good as the Cowboys. I think they could go, those are six games right there. Hopefully they can go three and three in those matchups. And then it's a lot of Washington twice, New York twice, the Lions, the Texans, the Bears, the Jaguars. They have no so, shortage of easy games. So so they, they have enough of those as where this team should be a playoff team. What's the line at right now, Tanner? The line for the Cowboys is at 10 wins? Yeah, the line is at 10 wins. 10 wins. Okay, so – Kellen Moore has got to take advantage, okay, of their dynamic running back back room. Okay, they have two dynamic running backs. You got to take advantage of that. You got to get Tony Pollard more involved in the offense. CD Lamb, I'm wearing his shirt right now. Big fan of his, but he's got to step up and show everyone, show show Dak Prescott that hey, I am a true number one receiver. I'm not too young. You know, forget about all the all those drops I had last year. I'm new. You know, I'm here. I learned from Amari Cooper. This is going to be my third season. Uh, so he's going to step up, uh, show everyone he is the number one guy. And then that defense has got to build on what they did last year. What a turnaround in comparison to the year before that that, that defense and Dan Quinn had last season. So they got to continue to build on what they did last year, improve. Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Demarcus Lawrence, Got to, you know, they got to build on what they did last year, but I got them at 11 and six. I think I'm going to take the over. Yeah. I'm, it's a team that's returning the number one offense and the number seven defense last year. Yeah, I'm, there's not very many teams that are top 10 in both offense and defense. I'm taking the over as well. I'm actually higher on the Cowboys. I have them at 12 and five. What is happening? Okay. Tanner is higher on the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Than I am right now. Okay, this is crazy. Easiest schedule in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of here with that talk. Either way, we both got Dallas going over 10 wins. Are you going to have 12 and 5, you said? Yeah. You're going 12. I got 11 wins. Let's move on and talk about the Washington Commanders. Okay, the Commanders. I, I like the football team a little bit better than I like Commanders, I think. I don't hate it. If you think about how weird some NFL mascots are, you just, like, dude, there's a team called the Packers. The Bills. <laughs> like, Yeah, the, yeah. It, <laughs> what is a Bill? It's just a guy's last name. Can we get the Bill? Can I get the it's, Bill, it's, please? It's, like, <laughs> not a, if it's, it's Buffalo Bill. That's like the, it's like the outlaw. Like, there's some dude. weird names out there. I think it's just because it's new. People are hating on it a bunch. No, yeah. I, I prefer to call them the team with no name. Okay, I think that's what it is. <laughs> I prefer the team with no name. But they went 7-10 and 10 last year. You know, a good team, not a great team, not a bad team. Right there in that middle, that middle, that mediocre, can win some games, can surprise some teams. But ultimately, no one's taking them that seriously as a contender or as a playoff team, right? So that's kind of where they are right now. But they got a quarterback. Okay, they got a quarterback that's yeah. much better than what they've had. 
Yeah, he's the best quarterback Washington has had since, at the very least, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, yeah, at the least. At the least. And those are very comparable players. Very Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz. Kind of especially when especially when Kirk Cousins was in Washington. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, definitely. Definitely. So you like, like that? Tanner likes he, that. You know, he that, likes that. Uh, so. Uh. But yeah, no, I I think the Commanders are an interesting team. They they're kind of like the Panthers from last week. How we talked about how this team I think could be good. They got a lot of defensive potential. Last year, they had one of the worst starts of any defense. They were 32nd yeah, in the league dude. through, like, the first 10 After weeks of the After the year season. prior, they were, like, the number one defense in the league. Yeah. So they finished 22nd in yards and 25th in points. So the second half of the season, they were playing decent defense. They were just yeah. so far behind that they couldn't catch, catch up. up. Yeah, And this offense is better than it has been the last few years. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's a playoff team. I don't think they're talented on. E- I don't think they're talented enough on either side of the they're ball. They're not great on either side. No, they're not great. Yeah, they're good. yeah, they're yeah, they're good to like mediocre on both sides of the ball. They're not bad on either, in my opinion. Good coach, good coaching. You know, not yeah, great. yeah, but not great coaching. Like that's great. just the definition of the Washington Commanders right now. It's just their quarterback. They're, is good. Yeah, they're, yeah he's, he, not he's great. He's good to okay. Yeah, and then the but he's yeah. definitely not great. No, the line for this team is eight wins, Casey. Dude, that is that is a tough one. That's the toughest one I think I've had since we started doing these over unders. Eight. Oh, that is like you're either going. I I I had them winning eight games. I think they win okay. eight. I think they win. So it's so a push. Yeah, I'm gonna stay. I'm staying right at eight because I don't think this team has a winning record, and I don't think it's you know, and, and it could be seven and ten, which is what happened last season. But I think they got a little bit better, so I th- I'll give them one extra win. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go at seven and ten. I think they're pretty like that's what they finished last year. They do yeah. have probably a better team, but I think they got. I think they won some games last year they shouldn't have, specifically the Tampa Bay game. And dude, I forgot about that game. That had to be how are you even still <laughs> showing your face? Like how are you still <laughs> And they do have oh the best quarterback God. they've had since Kirk Cousins. It's I think this team has wild card potential. I think you could see this team win a playoff team. I think you could see this team win a wild card. I mean, not win a wild card, like secure a wild card spot. But if I was a better man, I'd say under eight wins. I'm going seven and ten. Closer to the floor than the ceiling, I think, though, for this team. Yeah, I like it. It's hard to evaluate. You know, they got the Cowboys and the Eagles. That's four games where you're probably not going to win right there. The Titans. Or or at least you're the underdog. Yeah, and the Titans, Packers, 49ers. Those are all tough games. But then they also play the Jags, the Lions. The Bears, the Giants, the Falcons, like, so they're going to win a lot of those games. They're going to beat the – I think they can beat Jacksonville. They can beat Chicago. Yeah, they're, they're one of those teams work. that they should beat the bad teams and they should, they'll should they probably lose to the good teams. And they'll compete, though. You know, we're going to see yeah. – like they did with Tampa Bay last year. We'll see one of those games. Maybe they can knock off a game against Philly or against Dallas. Maybe we see a, a surprise 
Carson Wentz revenge game. You know, we very well could see one of those this season against Dallas, against Philadelphia, where we know there's some hard feelings there. You know, yeah, I'm sure he wants to do that against Philadelphia. Exactly. So he's going to want to beat those teams. We'll see if he does. I think he could maybe get one win or you know one one or two surprise wins out there. But uh, I'm staying right at eight, and you're going under, right? Yeah, I'm so going seven and ten. I got eight and nine for Washington. What about Philly? Now Philly, they went nine and eight last year, and in my eyes, probably in yours as well, this is the most improved team in the division. Yeah, in the division for sure, most improved team. I for think sure. they. Their big what was their big need? Their big need was a playmaking receiver. They didn't have that. They have Devontae Smith, who is a young, promising guy, yeah. can be a complimentary piece, but he's not a number one guy yet. So they went out and they got it themselves a number one guy. They traded for AJ Brown, who has done nothing who has done nothing but surpass everybody's expectations for him in Tennessee, playing with another quarterback that is kind of probably in around the same tier as Ryan Taylor, yeah. as Jalen hurts there. Yeah. So he's playing with about the same level of quarterback play though. Mm-hmm. So I expect him to put up similar numbers to what he was doing in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That's huge for this team. And they drafted well, they go get Jordan Davis. Who's one of my favorite players in the whole draft that helps this defensive line. And who is their other uh, high draft pick. I'm trying to think. Uh, I know they went and got Nakobe Dean, and I know yes, they the, got. Go ahead, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. Nakobe Dean, uh, who is I think one of the best linebackers I've ever seen at the college level. Mm-hmm. Like no, how phenomenal. He, yeah, Once how he signed he, Hassan Reddick. How he slipped that far. Yeah, how he slipped Hassan that Reddick, far. So, so yeah, and go sign hometown kid Hassan Reddick. That's that's huge. It's a good team, man, and it, it, it comes down to Jalen Hurts. It comes down to Jalen Hurts. You got who has team. surpassed my expectations in the NFL. Like I did he's not a, think he would be able to do what he did last season. Yeah, as a, he still has a lot of room to go. Or he's I like room to Jaylen go Hurts. as a as a passer. He still has to get better throwing yeah. the football. But he's a dynamic player, and if you have to key on him running the ball so much, he can beat you with his arm. He's not gonna sit back, drop back every play of the game, and dice you up. But he. If he's moving around, like he, he's not play action as well. Not a bad a thrower. Play action because how how dangerous. And this was the number one. Is. This was the number one running offense in the NFL last year. Exactly. So you, you got that up your sleeve. You know, people, you know, most teams are thinking you're going to be handing it off or hurts himself is going to keep it. And then you got two very good receivers out there. One great receiver in AJ Brown. You could even say right. So I think they have a lot of winnable games. Great run game. Very good offensive line, two stud receivers, you know, two very good receivers. I think very, 10 or 11 wins. Very possible the best offensive line in the NFL. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think they might be the best offensive line to me. Like, Maliata, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, all those guys are incredible. And then their, their guards are good, too. This this team's going to run the ball. They're going to kind of play scary, action. Man. It's kind of scary yeah. as a cowboy fan. I think they're gonna. Easy I think they're gonna push. I think they're gonna push Dallas for this division championship. Hundred percent, and I'm I'm excited though for the Eagles. So the line is nine and a half, a half game lower than the Cowboys. 
I think they blow past that nine and a half win. I have them at. I also have them at twelve and five. I think they beat the same teams Dallas does. I think they split games, and it goes to deep tiebreakers to decide who wins this division. Yeah, I got them at eleven, uh, eleven and six, or ten and seven. Either way, same thing. I have Dallas going. I think both teams could be eleven and six. Both teams could be ten and seven. Both teams could be twelve and five. That's really what it comes down to, and it's going to come down to in division matchups. Who has an, who has a better in division uh, record? And then head to head, who are they going to go one and one? Are there, is some team going to you know are either either team going to be able to win two out of the two matchups? Like that's kind of what it comes down to here, head to head and in division. Um, because overall record wise, these teams are going to be very very close, and as you said, are definitely going to challenge. My Dallas Cowboys, as you know, for that number one spot in the NFC East. So we're both going. The rivalry's there. Yeah, the rivalry's there between these two teams. It's it's back, and there's not a single team in the NFL I have worse feelings towards than the Philadelphia Eagles. Not a single team out there. So it makes it even sweeter. You know, I'm even more excited for the season to start and for these uh, in-division matchups to take place. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun this season in the NFC East. And finally, Tanner, the team that we have the highest expectations for coming up next. They went 14, or sorry, 4 and 13 in last year's season. In, in last season, uh, the New York Giants. Man, I've been waiting to talk about this team for a while. Yeah, you're being super serious, too, I can tell. This Giants team stinks. I can't really What's the find best part of this team. I think they're receiving core, but their receiving core is also shoddy. Always like Kenny, like yeah, Kenny Galladay never, never plays. Overpaid. K- Kadarius Tony is a whole different issue. To get traded. Uh, yes. Yeah, has some off field stuff, but when he's on the field, he's good. So that's like the one bright spot spot of this team. But they got. They're never out there, though. Yeah, they They're got. Never they also out got there. Yeah, they also got Daniel Jones throwing him the ball, who is a well below average NFL starting quarterback with an offensive line that is terrible. Yeah, terrible. Like maybe we just talked about the Eagles having the best offensive line. The Giants could very well have the worst offensive line in the one NFL. One of it's one of one hundred percent. This was the thirty-first ranked offense last season, so second to last. And Daniel on, Jones missed a lot of time. On defense, they were 25th on defense, so they're not good on either side of the ball. No. You can do whatever you want I can't really find a whole lot of positive things about this team. New coach. It, yeah. Brian Dable, who comes from Buffalo, where he had the, one of the best offenses in the NFL, kind of turned Josh Allen into what he is. You got to think. Hopefully, he can make some sort of magic with Daniel Jones. I don't really believe he's going to. Maybe he'll real. be. Maybe he'll be improved from last year. I expect him to have a better season than he did last year and probably the year before. But I, I don't, don't see Daniel Jones know, as your long-term answer. I think this team could very well be a, a trade partner for Jimmy Garoppolo because I think Jimmy Garoppolo would be a big improvement. And if he can come in and he can play with Saquon and Canarius, Tony and Kenny Galladay stays healthy. This offense could show some promise, mm-hmm. but no, it's still sure. not, it's still not a great offense. And I still don't think they'd be good. 
You want to hear something hilarious about this team? Please. Their line is seven wins. I, I don't understand. Oh, I don't seven? understand. We got some big Giants fans out there putting out these lines, I think. I think that's that's the only way around it. Like, seven wins? I couldn't tell you one way, even if they got Jimmy Garoppolo, that they're getting seven wins. No. No, no. This, this is the easiest. I said how Washington's line was one of the hardest at eight. This is the easiest line we have done yet, and I think we will do probably all season long, all, all preseason Seven very, wins. Yeah, very possibly. I like the their worst draft time. choices. You know, Evan Neal, yeah. Thibodeau, no. he fell. You know, that's a nice pick as well. But it's not. It can't stay the talent's healthy. not there. Can't stay healthy. We'll see what the impact is from the head coach right away, if there's even going to be one. Daniel Jones, it is. I thought last year was the prove it year, you know, nut up or shut up, if you want to say that. It's this season because. You know, it's literally if you don't play well this year, they don't have to extend you. You won't be on the roster. So, and if you're if you're Brian Dable, you're saying, "Hey, I have to. I have one season with this guy. I try and turn it around. If not, we we, we know we're a terrible team, and I get my quarterback. I get my quarterback in next year's draft." Yeah, he. I think there's a good chance you could see this team having one of the worst records in the NFL and hoping to get. Their franchise quarterback at the top of the 2023 draft. I have them at two and fifteen, Casey. Three and fourteen, Tanner. Okay, so neither one of us have very high expectations for the Giants team. Nah, it's just it's just you know their best players can't stay healthy. Saquon Barkley, even when he was on the field last year, wasn't great. It was very hit or miss. I think he had like. He's also running, but he's also running behind like one of the worst offensive lines. No, and that's also a big reason this guy's always getting hurt. You know, yeah. of course, but but at the same time, that's the situation he's in, and he continues to get injured, injured, injured. You, you got to factor that in, and then the rest of the offense, as we talked about, is barely on the field. Offensive line is terrible. We don't know about the quarterback. It's way too many question marks to give this team more than three wins. Like, there's just so many question marks. So. Three and fourteen, they're going to lose. Uh, be, you know, coming last place in the division, and they're going to be a top gonna, three pick next year. Yeah, they're going to be watching a lot of football on Saturdays, thinking about who they want. <laughs> exactly, Brian Dable. He's going to be an avid college football, you know, viewer next season, without a doubt, without a doubt. And uh, Daniel Jones, the clock is ticking, and like a Baker Mayfield, who's had way more success, like a Sam Darnold, who was in a very similar situation. I'm not sure if he's going to get another another, you know, starting option right away. I don't think he would. I think I think he could get a a backup role somewhere because, you know, he was a high draft choice and yeah, yeah, think been about injured. Like, like Marcus Mariota didn't get a second shot after Tennessee. Daniel Jones has been worse than Mariota was. 100%. Way worse than Baker too. Way yeah. worse, not even comparable. Yeah. Baker's yeah. way better. Baker, Baker so, won a playoff game. Exactly. With the Browns, which again, they, they're much better now, but franchise wise with the Cleveland Browns. So, yeah, you know, much better. Don't can't even really compare it. And uh, Daniel Jones hasn't even thought about being in the in the hunt graphic in the playoffs since he's been there. Nah, man, nothing but losing, 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 losing. And then as far as a Cowboy fan, I see we're playing the Giants twice a year. Those are two wins. At the very least, yeah. we're winning two games this year because you play the Giants twice. That's kind of what it comes down to. So. So we both have 
roughly the same standings, though. So we're both taking the over on Dallas, the under or staying right right at eight for Washington, uh, over for Philly, and then the under for the Giants. Yeah, my lock of the division is under for the Giants. That's my lock for the NFL for the upcoming season is that the Giants are not going to get seven wins. That's the lock for every for the entire season. I can promise everybody. Not if there's any if there's any Giants fans listening, they're they're writing this down. They're putting us in the hater playbook here. Oh, write it down, record it. You know, listen to it every night before you go to bed. Please do what I don't care. Do what you want to do. Giants start winning more than three games. They're not winning more than four. Okay, let's like, just get that out. They're there. definitely not winning more than seven. Oh, definitely. I'm pretty confident in that. Feeling on this team, <laughs> six wins. About yeah, six wins is the ceiling, and that's if everyone's healthy. And if Daniel Jones could play, like like there's there's little to no way of this team having a nice a nice upcoming year in in the 2022-23 season. But that's about it. That is another division for you guys. Uh, my Dallas Cowboys no longer a lock to win this division, but going back decade even longer than that, I don't think the same team has won this division in back to back seasons. It's been Dallas. It's been it's been the Philly. It's been Dallas. It's been Philly. New York, back when they had Eli, you know, back when he was in Washington won it that year. They were seven and nine. Washington, or seven, the, eight, and one, or whatever. The year the rest of the division was in shambles. Washington won it. So, so exactly. So, uh, it, it's tough. It's hard to say since, since Dallas won it last year. You can't say, hey, they're going to win it next year. They're going to win it this year because history tells you they're probably not. They're probably not going to win it this year because they won it last year. That's kind of what we're. We're betting on here, but it's going to be interesting. We'll see what Dallas and what Philly can do. It's going to be a two-man race. Can Washington be viable? Can they even have a winning record? And can New York be watchable? Can they even be watchable TV is kind of the question for this team. For um, me, yes. I will watch. At this point in the year, I'm just, I would be thankful for a Jaguars-Giants game right about now. Oh, right. On my, on my, on my TV on a Thursday night, I'd take it. Are you kidding me? Of course, I would take Jacksonville, New York today. <laughs> today, are you kidding me? Of course, I am taking that. We were at the you know the the, the desert as far as the the sports season goes. You know, nothing in sight. Mean, at least you know NFL season is in sight. So you can you can College see the sunrise. Kind of close. We're yeah. about a month away. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Either. I'll be calling some some fun college games on Saturdays, which I'm looking forward to out here uh, for the Northern Lights. Go Northern Lights. But Tanner, let's take a break. Uh, you know, it's been about you know been about our time limit here, and I uh, say we come back talk about your guy, your new guy, and Julio Jones, your team in Tampa Bay, and then Kevin Durant. This guy, can't and then your guy out. and Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's my guy. That's my favorite player in NBA history, right there. In Kevin, one of the one of the toughest, you know, mentally toughest guys in NBA history, right there. Kevin Durant, he's doing it the hard way. He's doing it the hard way. That's the only way he knows. So, all right, that's enough of that. Casey and Tanner for Dudes Talking Sports. Keep it locked on. We'll be right back. All right, and welcome back. As we said in the first half of the show, uh, let's keep it with the NFL. Talk about a team Tanner loves to talk about, of course, that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We talked about them in length uh, in last week's episode when, when we were breaking down the NFC South. Uh, but Tanner, 
you lose Gronk. Okay, you lose Gronk and you gain Julio Jones. <laughs> okay, not the same position and not the same impact by any means, but uh, you can't lose. You can't lose right now. You lose one guy, you lose one Hall of Famer, you get another Hall of Famer. That's kind of what it goes down to. <laughs> yeah, and also don't forget that we signed Kyle Rudolph over the last yeah, week, yeah. week two to kind of come in and give us some tight end depth that we needed. lost that we lost with Gronk. Yeah. But yeah, Julio Jones is a huge addition for this team because if you would say to somebody two years ago, three years ago, oh that Julio gosh. Jones would be the third best receiver on a team, you'd say you'd probably pick that team to, to do win pretty the Super well. Bowl. Yeah, to do pretty well. Because yeah. Julio Jones is a Hall of Famer, like you said, one of the best receivers of the last uh like this generation of decade plus. Oh, yeah. He has been hurt the last few years. He's played, I think, nine games last year, ten, 10. games the year before. Or maybe yeah, maybe, maybe maybe it was ten, then nine, then. Yeah. And then before that, though, he played 16. The year before that, he played 15. So he hasn't been as injured, I think, as some people are making it sound. People are saying he's, like, not playing at all, but he has played some. I think the best idea for the Bucks to do is – play this guy on a snap count and yeah, save him for the playoffs because last year no receiver depth is what hurt the Bucks. I think in the two playoff games we had, there were 13 passes to wide receivers not named Mike Evans. So Tom Brady did not trust the guys that we had out no. there playing receiver. He didn't trust Tyler Johnson. He didn't trust Rashad Perriman to get it done. But I think he's going to trust Julio Jones as a number three or, yeah, as a number yeah, three, three guy. And then Russell Gage steps in and is probably the best number four receiver in the NFL now. I think it's nice for the Bucks. I don't think it's a move that necessarily moves the needle no. that much because it is already no. a position that we did have a lot of depth at. Please, if it was Julio Jones from five years ago, this is yeah, a yeah, obviously. oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. But – from where he is in his career, but the depth but you already have. But it's all – I think this move is all upside. Like, I don't think there's yeah. a downside to signing Julio Jones. You didn't pay a bunch of money for him. It's I not like you gave up – see the total dollar amount. Did you see I think the total it's $3 dollar? Million. Oh, dude, and, that's pennies. That's not you didn't, you didn't go out and trade away assets or anything. You got this guy off the market, and if he can give you a good – if he can run 20 routes for you a game – that's huge. Yeah. You know, he's not, he doesn't have to go off every single week and he's not going to, but he doesn't have to. All he has to do is give you some moments. He needs moments here and there. You know, if, if Chris Godwin, which it looks like Chris Godwin is probably going to be back week one, which I did not expect. Um, it's, it's looking that way though. And what I was originally thinking was, okay, he's going to fill in for Godwin. Well, you know, until he's, he's on that TB 12 method. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I guess, you know, he's, he's done super early. What, what else would you expect? But, you know, looking at Julio, though, last year, one touchdown. Okay, he had one receiving touchdown last year and 434 yards, which is the lowest in his career. Same thing with that one touchdown. So coming off a, you know, a, a career low in catches and in, in, in yards and touchdowns, whatever you want to say. He didn't play hurt all year. It, it was a bad year. Hurt, exactly. Just, just 
wipe it off one of the worst years of his career. You could say all things taken into consideration. And you also have to remember that that team didn't have Derrick Henry for the games that Julio Jones was healthy. That team didn't have A.J. Brown for a lot of those games. He was the number one guy, and Julio Jones is not that right now. No, exactly. So taking everything into consideration, no, it's not a huge deal. Um, but like you said, there's no there's no con. There's no you know b- downside to signing this guy. If anything, yeah, if he gets – Makes yeah, you so he gets much hurt. deeper at that position. Um, and if, if he does play, you have Julio Jones, no matter what age he's at, no matter what stage he is in his career, you have Julio Jones as your third best receiver. Like, come on. Yeah, if he yeah, if he gets hurt or he isn't very good, we still have three viable receivers. I'm not yeah. too worried about it. And if he's good, if he's even 80% of what Julio Jones was four years phenomenal. ago. Like, I mean, phenomenal. Who's stopping Gosh. the Bucks? Dude, that's an offense. Leonard Fournette's got to cut 20 pounds. <laughs> See, I, the I, I, I saw somebody say the uh, Bucks red zone offense is going to be unstoppable with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, and then big body Leonard Fournette <laughs> running power running back. Yeah, 260 man. pounds. That's a tough offense to beat, not an offense you want to start your season going up against, which is the case for my Dallas Cowboys. Not feeling great at all going into that matchup. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's a good – you know, it, it helps. Without Gronk, you have another person who Brady should trust throwing the ball to um, consistently. Again, who knows how many games he's going to play. He shouldn't play in every game. Like Tanner, like you brought up. Snap count. You're counting how many snaps this guy takes. You're counting how many routes he runs every single game. Uh, and you're, you're you're trying to save him for that postseason run, which I think Tom Brady coming back, I think he could say, hey, I'm trying to win, you know, go out on top. I'm trying to go out, win one more championship, one more Super Bowl, and then officially walk away from the game. And know what this move doesn't say, hey, it's definitely going to happen, but it helps. I think it helps. Yeah, it, it, at the very least, it it don't hurt. No, no, don't like, hurt at all, man. You're feeling I, pretty I, good. Like, yeah, I, I'm on. I think this is a great move. Out of the receivers left, I would have rather had Odell Beckham, if we're being honest. Oh, 100 percent. But Julio Jones still a great third option at receiver locker room as well. Great locker yeah. room guy. Yeah, yeah, a guy that's never been. Like all about himself. He's never about been a team, distraction. He's yeah, he's never been a distraction. He knows a lot about playing the receiver position that he can help our younger receivers and Tyler Johnson. He Jaylen could even Jordan, help those Godwin guys. And yeah, it's a little bit. You can when you're a guy when you're talking about a Julio Jones, like this guy has some wisdom to share to everybody out there in that receiving core, you know. So yeah, I like the move a lot. Um, I don't love it. Don't hate it. I think it's a, a nice move, and it makes me <laughs> even more nervous to play them week one. Like, man, how are you going to guard all those guys out there at the same yeah, time? Yeah, I feel like the odds are either Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller is going to get cut from this team, and yeah. there's no way one of those guys clears waivers, right? Nah, they're going to get picked up. They're going to get picked up. That that the, Those are solid number three, four options on teams, and – um, guys who don't even have that many options could use them as a number two. You know, we're talking yeah. about some of the some of the bad options out there as far as receiving course go. So, like, you yeah, can't tell me neither one up. of those guys wouldn't make a big difference on the Bears. They'd help. They'd help. One hundred percent. A team that has such a or the depleted pa- or the Patriots. I feel like Patriots. You, they could use yeah. a guy like that. Like, I feel like 
Yeah. Someone is licking their chops for one of those two guys because the odds that both of them make the team not very good. You're not going to keep all them. You're not going to keep all those guys. You know, there's no point to. And, and you're going to keep one of them. You're, you'll keep one of them for sure, just in case of Julio Jones or Russell Gage or Godwin isn't 100. percent You know, he has another injury, something like that. Um, so you keep one of them around just in case. But having both of them, that's a waste of money. That's a waste of a roster spot. And uh, I think you're right. No, both of those guys won't be on the roster come. Week one, come come playing against Dallas. Those guys are not going to be on the roster, but uh, it's crazy. It's crazy that Julio Jones is going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to play with Tom Brady. Like, man. The one, the guy who kept Julio Jones from getting a ring. Yeah, he did. He did. Without him, Julio Jones is, is you know, has that ring on that finger right now. And, you know, if, if you were to say this five years ago, that Tom Brady was playing with Julio Jones, and then the fact that he's, you know, now he's got guys like Godwin, Mike Evans. Oh, my God. Again, it's not that it's not like that case. He's not the same guy. But, man, that's crazy. And and the Bucks are in the ring, man. They're the Bucks season. are starting to get to the point where they're dangerously old, though. As far as the future goes, it's pretty bleak. They it's have pretty... to be. I, I don't know this for a fact, but they have to be the oldest team in the NFL. By yeah, and then once, I like once Tom does retire, once once he is gone, man, unless you can keep this core intact, then you could have another veteran quarterback sign up to come play with this roster. But it's looking like once Tom's gone and these guys all peel out or you know continue to age, it's not going to be much left in a couple who, of years. Who cares if we get another ring? Who cares? Exactly that. You can talk about the future when you get there. You know, that's that's future Tanner's problem. You know, current Tanner wants to go out there and win a, win a championship, win another Super Bowl. And uh, I think t- Tampa has a phenomenal chance. And this does nothing uh, but make them even deeper, even stronger. And we'll just see how many moments he has throughout the season and throughout the postseason. We'll see how many games he plays. Uh, but let's move on talk about Kevin Durant going to the – perhaps going to the Boston Celtics. It's not a for sure thing, uh, but Woj and Shams, everyone coming out and reporting that Boston sent over, you know, a package containing their second-best player. They're, they're, they're offering Jalen Brown and then some uh, for a guy like Kevin Durant and – uh, I'm just giving you guys a bit of an update on the Kevin Durant sweep t- uh, sweepstakes going on right now. So they sent a trade involving Jalen Brown. My first thought, Tanner, after seeing this, poor Jalen Brown. Like, yeah, yeah, he's a guy that's I feel like always, always, ha- always has this cloud over him of like, is he? Good enough to be the second best player in championship, team. and like another and, player and, gets or is up for a trade, right? This guy says, "I yep. want to get traded." Whose name gets brought up every single time? Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. It's not Jason Tatum. It is Jalen Brown. And like when James Harden was available, Anthony Davis. Now it's Kevin Durant. And, it's and Jalen Brown was the best player in the championship round. Like he's he a was good, their best a, player in the finals. Yeah, he's a good player. I think he's good enough to be the second best player on a championship team. I think Boston had a great chance to win the finals this year. They had a great chance. They 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 kind of ran Jason out of T- gas. Yeah, and Jason Tatum was the one that let him down and play. It wasn't Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was by far their best player, and he was at times unguardable throughout that series. And that's a great defense on the other side. No. Uh, Andrew Wiggins had his hands tied up, you know, dealing with Jason Tatum for the most part. But 
Draymond Green, Defensive Player of the Year, was guarding Jalen Brown for a lot of that series. And despite, you know, Draymond having some favorable favorable moments, Jalen Brown still got his. And, you know, the fact that every time a star player is up for a trade or wants a trade and we hear Jalen Brown's name, despite him showing up and doing nothing, but continuing to improve year after year and now helping shoulder the load in a finals run, you, you just made it to the NBA finals. And now, hey, not good enough. You're, you're not good enough. We're going to ship you out of town for Kevin Durant, perhaps. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah, this guy was – I mean, they were two wins away from winning the championship. They were up 2-1. They were up 2-1 and 1-0 against the Golden State Warriors and then didn't win a single game of the rest of the series. Lost the rest of the series. And, again, that does show the greatness of Steph Curry and, you know, the championship pedigree that the Warriors have, of course. But I think the Celtics – I'm not going to say should have won that series because I think, I think Golden State should, and they did – uh, but they had just as good a chance as as the Warriors did, just as good a chance. Yeah, and I, but Jalen Brown's not Kevin Durant. Now, after saying all that, I would do it. <laughs> I would do it. I would one hundred percent trade Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. Like what? This is Kevin yeah. Durant. Yeah, I mean, if it's a straight up trade, it's for sure you have to Even take. If it's not a straight up trade, dude. I'm giving up. Just me. Okay, let me know what you think. As far as what I would give up for Kevin Durant if I am the Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Derek White, first-round picks, get him out, get Kevin Durant, and go win a championship. That's where I am. Like, Yeah, because they signed Gallinari and because they got Brogdon, I think that makes sense. You can make this move then. Exactly. You can make this move because you, you, you can lose Marcus Smart because you have Michael Brogdon, a better player, a better player. I'd take Malcolm Brogdon on my team any day over Marcus Smart. He's not as good a defender, but he's still a, a good defender, and he's much better and much more consistent offensively. So, and then Gallinari provides some depth on the bench. Like if, if if that's what it takes, then I think you do it. I think you're right. But if it's everyone but Jason Tatum that was just, just played minutes on your championship team or your. No. Uh, Eastern Conference Championship team, then you don't do it. If it's Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and Robert Williams and Grant Williams, like like I saw reports that it was like pretty much everybody, and I don't think you do that. No, you don't do that. Even though, even though Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum and then a bunch of guys is still a great team. Okay, that's still a very very talent on that team still. And if, if you were, and I'm guessing they would still be able to hold on to Malcolm Brogdon. So Brogdon, Durant, Tatum, Horford, that's still a very good team. That's still super good. That's a team I, I could still see winning the Eastern Conference. So, but of course, as you said, yes, you don't want to give up. You want to hold on to Williams, both of the Williams for your depth it's, on the bench and your center. Especially if it's a one year rental of Kevin Durant because he can get out of his contract next year. If he comes in for one year and you give up all those pieces so it has to be and then he leaves. It has to be via trade though. Cause he just re-upped. He just re-upped. So he's stuck though. He's stuck he, wherever he goes to, unless he gets another trade Tanner, he's stuck there for four years. He is. He just re-upped his contract last off season. So, so it could be a one year rental, but it also could be four years of Kevin Durant. It could be four years of Kevin Durant in, in his prime. Like because we've just seen how loyal NBA players are to their contracts. Okay. Yes. 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 
Okay. Especially with a guy in Kevin Rant who has been the opposite of loyal since leaving OKC and then leaving the perfect situation in Golden State. You never know what this guy's capable of doing, what he's going to do next. So that's another thing. But at the same time, it's Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Durant. This is one of the three best players, three or four best players in the last decade, decade plus. Like, this guy is an MVP. He's a finals MVP. He's a champion. He's a scoring champ. Best scorer in the league as far as all three levels go. He's seven feet tall. (laughs) Come on. I know he's got injury issues and, you know, off the court stuff as far as, like, locker room, you know, not, not the greatest leader. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't care. I trade Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Derek White, two or three first-round picks, and I get Kevin Durant, and I pair him up with Jason Tatum, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, Al Horford, and I go and win a – I have a very good chance at winning a championship, I think. Yeah, I think that – but and I think on the other side, for Brooklyn, what is the better option than that? for Kevin Durant, a guy that's already demanded a trade. If you do end up moving him, who's offering something better? As far as a win right now package, which they've said, hey, we're still winning right now. Like we're not dumping this roster and going you know, going for losses and going for draft picks. We're still trying to win. Kyrie's still on the roster. Ben Simmons is still on the roster. Uh, they traded a first-round pick for, I think his name, Jermaine or, or, or O'Neal from the Utah Jazz, a very nice defender. Would I give give up a first-round pick for him? No, but they did, kind of showing you, hey, we don't want the picks, we want the players. And uh, they got they signed Jeremy Grant to a one-year deal who, when he's healthy, is an 18-20 point-a-night scorer, you know, who's a decent Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely well. a nice piece. So Yeah, he was in contention for uh, most improved player a few years ago. Yeah, so it was a Jeremy Grant, because I know one of them went to the Portland Trailblazers, though, so he might have went to the, drill, the Blazers. Who did uh, – uh, I'm blanking. Who did the Nets get? They went and got somebody else, though. Man, because he went to the Blazers, actually. He went to the Blazers. Who – I'm trying to blink. The Nets signed someone pretty low who's a pretty bit, bit of a steal as well. I, I am completely blanking on that, but it was a minimum deal. This guy's been dealing with injuries here recently. Um, yeah, Jeremy Grant went to the Portland Trail Blazers, though. That's where he ended up going. I'm blanking on that one. But either way, they, they – they signed somebody. Oh, the guy from the bubble who went off in the bubble. Um, PJ Tucker? No, a guy who went off in the bubble um, for the Pacers. Oh, my God. TJ Warren. TJ Warren. I think they signed TJ Yeah, Warren. yeah, yeah. That, that's what I was thinking. It's a PJ Tucker. Yeah, TJ yeah, Warren. TJ, close. Ah, sorry for that two-minute crap right there. That, that's who I was thinking of right there. Either way. So that's that, nice. Yeah, that sounds right. That's a nice signing. So when he is healthy, he can get you 15 to 20 points a night. Um, so they're showing, hey, we're still trying to win. We're still trying to win games and be competitive. And getting Jalen Brown, pairing him up with what could be Kyrie Irving with Ben Simmons and Marcus Smart on top of that, and whoever else you get from that trade, that's still a good team. That's still yeah, a that's that's definitely team. still a playoff team. With Jalen Brown as well, who continues to get better and better. He's an all-star. You get an all-star, you get the defensive player of the year, and you get some future first-round picks. Besides the Golden State Warriors, who could give you Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, which is clearly the best package. But outside of that, I think this is the best option for um, 
for Kevin Durant and for the Brooklyn Nets. And then Kevin Durant doesn't want to go back to Golden State, you know, so the Warriors don't necessarily want Kevin Durant back. So with that trade not looking like it's even possible, and then like looking at what Miami could offer, looking at what Phoenix could offer, Jalen Brown is by far the best option here. So, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense if you're Brooklyn. Don't be too greedy, you know, but also don't just trade Kevin Durant because he wants to trade. I know get proper value back, and I think Jalen Brown is that proper value. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's about as good of a deal as you can get on both sides. I kind of think the deal makes a little bit of sense if it's just like those three guys you said, but if it's everyone for Boston – I don't do it. Yeah. I don't do it. No matter how great Kevin Durant is, like we were were just talking about, he's he's phenomenal. You were two wins away from winning the championship without him. And you already got better. Malcolm Brogdon and and Gallinari make you, especially especially Malcolm Brogdon, man, those are that's a nice move. That makes you even better. And I, 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 I have a chance without Kevin Durant to win a title. I'm not giving up everything. Not giving up everything. You know, I, without Kevin Durant, I, like you said, we're, was two wins away from winning an NBA championship, and I just swept Kevin Durant in the playoffs. And Kyrie Irving, I swept them. So I'm not selling the house. I'm not giving up everything. But if it's reasonable, like I said, smart, brown, white picks, Kevin Durant is a Boston Celtic. And you have Malcolm Brogdon, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Al Horford, and, and Robert Williams in the same lineup. Oh, my God. Gosh, that's a long, it's a, athletic. It's a so- it is another soft move by KD, though. Oh, the fact we, we talked about this. The fact that he wants out, you know, after leaving the perfect situation to do it on your own and then to fail doing it on your own the way that he has and then one out right away. Say, I don't care. I don't want to take the tough road. I, I don't like the tough road. Get me out of here. Oh, it's an all-time soft move. It's, it's And to go move. to another team. That beat him in the playoffs. Yeah. He, so the year when he went to Golden State, they were the Western Conference champions. If he went to Boston, he'd now be going to the Eastern Conference champions. Mm, Warriors were one win away from a title. Boston two wins away from a title. And he's going to go join. I think I think that could be who he is, though. He's just the best, like, complimentary piece we've ever seen. Like, you put him on a really good team. And they could go win a championship, but by himself, we saw it with OKC. We saw it with Brooklyn. I think that's what he is. I think that's that's the difference between Kevin Durant and Steph Curry right there. I think that's the difference right there. Both guys are phenomenal players, all-time talents. But if one guy has four championships and helped you win two, more MVPs. I don't know, man. I think I, I think that is the true difference between those two players right there. Both insanely talented, but I mean, Steph's legacy is always going to be better because he's done it all with Golden State, and he was the piece that got joined, not the one that did the joining. Exactly, he's he's the selfless guy who let the guy come to his team. You know, it's also why KD wanted out of there because he couldn't live with you know all the love Steph was getting and all the hate that he continued to get, which he didn't deserve at that point in time chill he's on the Warriors already let him live let him do his thing and yes from a Warriors fan yeah and and they proved in that championship in that in that year they lost that hey they did okay not today they proved they didn't need him now but like then when they lost to Toronto they proved hey we need Kevin Durant to win this title 
we're not going to win this title if Kevin Durant is not out there 100% healthy, and that's what happens. So I don't know. I'm tired of talking about it. I am so tired of talking about Kevin Durant and where he's going to go or you know where what he's done, all that stuff. I'm just I'm just tired of it. That's what it comes down to. I'm just, I'm tired of talking about it, and I I hope he just gets traded. Like get him to a new team already. Yeah, I want to talk about Kevin Durant again whenever he's playing for a different team, not whenever he's still just wanting out of Brooklyn. You know. Yeah. So let's let's make a pact right here. We're not going to talk about Kevin Durant again uh, until he. And the pact is going to be we will not talk about Kevin Durant again until he is on a new team or until they have said he's staying as a Brooklyn net. Like, we're not – no more of this. He could go here. He could go there. Crap. All right? I'm yeah. saying it right now. Yeah, I want cold, hard evidence that he's going somewhere, not that – Not until that woes bomb then, comes out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to talk about any more Kevin Durant rumors. Yeah, so that's what it is. So we got the Woj bomb. We'll call it the Shams nuke. All right, all until right. the Woj bomb or the Shams nuke comes out, you know, we're, we're not we're not going to be breaking down the Kevin Durant stuff. But that's going to be about it for this week's episode. Uh, you know, different scenery for me. I'm in a moving process right now. Hopefully by next week, I can have the full setup going and stuff like that. And uh, you know, still transitioning and stuff out here, but. Thank you all for your continued support. You know, whatever platform you are listening on, leave us a comment, a review, a rating, whatever that platform allows would be greatly appreciated here on Dudes Talking Sports. Go follow us on social media, on Twitter, Dudes Talking underscore pod, on Instagram, Dudes underscore talking underscore sports. Uh, Tanner, again, betus.com, right? Go check out betus.com. There's a, Absolutely. Yeah, gotta, that's where we got all our lines from today. Um, so if those are interesting to you, you, you liked our over, you liked our under, go out there, deposit $50. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to bet that whole $50 on the Giants under seven wins, do it, yeah, do it, do it. That's <laughs> going to work out for you. I promise you're going to get some money back from that. Uh, but that's, that's Tanner file. I'm Casey Foreman. Thank you all for your continued support. We'll see you next week. What's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Tanner File.
Sports. going and coming back and playing the playoffs or it's because he's playing deep in the playoffs. No, this is without trips to the postseason. He can't play in the regular season. You know? Yeah. And he's never been in the big moments. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a good player. Go cars for sure. Uh, go Yankees. Growing up, I was a Yankee fan. As far as everyone listening, thank you all for your continued support. Go follow us on Twitter, dude, talking underscore pod, whatever platform you're listening on. Go give us a follow, a subscribe, a comment, a like, wherever you're, like, wherever you're uh, listening. Go show us some love. Uh, we appreciate everyone's support. Thank you for listening. We can be out. That's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. Thank you guys for listening. I think that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Deuce Talking Sports. Sounds good. Deuce Talking Sports. Sports.